Fred Film Radio. Interview. So, hi, I'm Sarah from Fred Film Radio. We're reporting from 67th London Film Festival, and I'm joined here by Rowan Woods, one of the programmers from the festival. Maybe you could just begin with a brief introduction. Tell us a bit about um, your role here at the London Film Festival and a bit about your background as well. Hi, um, great to be talking to you. Uh, So yes, I'm one of the core programming team here. There's about five or six of us. I specialise in uh, programming the series work. So a couple of years ago... Three years ago, we launched our first sort of full series programme. So I focus on leading all the programming for the TV strand, um, but I also programme then across the across the film strand and also the shorts. And obviously such an exciting time, you know, it's very imminently upon us, um, this edition of the festival. What for you do you think are the standout things that people can look forward to this year? What perhaps is different, new, exciting for this time round? Well, it's interesting. Um, so... Obviously, the sort of structure of the festival remains the same. We've got a new festival director, Christy Matheson, this year, but she joined quite sort of late in the day. So I imagine you'll see some changes next year, but this year it's still pretty much the same structurally. So we have our sort of headline galas, we have our special presentations, we have the competitions, so official competition, first feature competition, documentary comp. And then the rest of the programme tends to be laid out in thematic strands, so love, of thrill, dare, journey, cult, etc., etc., and we have uh, an archive strand and um, short strand and uh, XR work. So that's pretty much sort of par for the course. But of course, every single year, the texture of the programme feels entirely unique to that year. It'll be to do with the programme, the particular films and particular series, uh, particular shorts that have been selected. So every year, the you know, even though it looks the same, it feels entirely, entirely unique. Honestly, the thing that I'm most looking forward to seeing, which I haven't seen yet, is the Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. So I missed that in Cannes. So that's, that's my big treat. And in terms of, I guess, kind of looking like across the whole of the programme to begin with, um, I mean, over 250, you know, different films. Um, and, you know, 39% of those from female and non-binary filmmakers from over 90 different countries. How important is that sort of focus on diversity and how international it is in terms of you know giving a platform for such a a range of storytellers yeah absolutely it's really key to what we to what we do um we don't program to quotas uh although we do have certain sort of metrics in mind you know we know that over the last 20 30 years or so we have tended to have a certain percentage of work that is say coming from europe a certain percentage that is coming from north america you know south america so we we do we certainly keep those percentages in mind when we're thinking about the overall makeup of the program in terms of sort of how international it feels and of course when we're sort of having our really robust conversations about the programme, we will be thinking about the diversity of the voices that we are platforming and the stories that we are telling. So that's very much part of the discussion and the debate when we are thinking about that programme. But, and certainly, you know, we want to make sure that we are selecting voices and giving airtime to voices that, you know, have historically been marginalised. But as I say, we don't we don't programme specifically to quotas, but we always, certainly in terms of women and non-binary directors, for example, that's certainly something we keep in mind. And in terms of, you know, um, some people are going to be more clued up than others. 
how London Film Festival fits into kind of the broader, broader architecture, that, you know, that film festival calendar. Um, because, of course, some films, you know, you know, first be seen in Sundance right at the top of the year, and then, you know, some also in Cannes, in Venice, but then some are premiering for the first time here. So what is the balance of that, of, of having some films showing for the first time here, but then also bringing films, you know, to UK audiences for the first time? Yeah, totally. So uh, LFF, London Film Festival, um, we are always in this first half of October. So this year we're 4th to the 15th of October. And it's a really, really lovely slot. I mean, I would say it, but it really is. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, we we get to cherry pick from the festivals that have come before us. So we always take a little bit of work from Sundance, from, you know, Rotterdam, Berlin, South by Southwest, Tribeca, Cannes. Um, although, you know, we try not to take too much from, say, Sundance and those earlier festivals just so that we don't feel too... Uh, the programme doesn't feel too old. And, of course, by this point in the year, a lot of those Sundance titles will have already been released. Um, but certainly we can we can cherry-pick from those festivals and then we're sitting right in the sweet spot in terms of when the awards season starts to kick off. So we are just, you know, a matter of weeks after Venice and Toronto and Telluride, which tend to... Um, uh, launch those titles that end up being in the um, sort of in the Oscar Best Picture campaign conversation. So we're getting that great pipeline of work that is coming through. But because we are still right at the start of that award season, London is still also a really attractive place to world premiere a film. And, you know, potentially because it's a British film, it's sort of UK talent, potentially because the dates work better, potentially because of the kind of texture or feel of a particular film, London might be seen as just the right the right vibe for a particular film. So we get a really nice mix of those sort of, yeah, cherry-picked titles from the rest of the year, those really great, you know, the sort of heavyweight awards hitters, and then our own world premieres. And of course, we always have a really strong selection of UK work, UK work as well. But it's interesting, we notice that during our festival dates, while talent are in town, there's always lots of BAFTA screenings happening at the same time. So, you know, if David Fincher happens to be here, they will make the most use of his time, and there will be another sort of two or three BAFTA screenings for for awards voters that are going on going on in the background so you know we're very much part of that of that bigger machine mm. and digging in a bit to the program um i mean i guess looking at some of the headline galas saltburn i mean obviously after promising young woman from yeah. Emma fennel cannot wait to see that it feels like there's a lot of buzz around that but um, um but also daniel kalua's uh, the kitchen were there others for you that you know you're really looking forward to in, in that and that head in the headline gala section so I haven't seen many of the headline gala sections. So we tend to we divide the programming up between us, and my work tends to focus a little more across the thematic strands. So there's lots of work in that headline strand that I'm really looking forward to. Um, as I said, the Scorsese, like just for my personal pleasure, uh, I'm really looking forward to the David Fincher. I haven't seen the Steve McQueen Occupied City, which I'm really looking forward to, and I haven't seen Priscilla yet. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing to seeing that. 
and a lot of buzz as well I think for for May December which I should get Absolutely. to see um, that um, is that is wonderful that's really 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 fantastic and um also for poor things and we can always count on your gas for something very weird absolutely and absolutely <laughs> I wasn't in Venice so I didn't see it there so absolutely top of top of my list and for the special special present presentations the boy and the heron I think you know that seems to have quite you know people are kind of so excited that's sort of almost been a bit of a surprise one maybe absolutely that ended up being so this is the the, the Miyazaki film so that ended up being uh, a late edition for us and it was really down to the wire to try to negotiate that that into the program and there is a huge amount of excitement you know for for, for his work but to have that in the festival is really really special also the hitman which i did see which i thought was actually just so delightful it's to great. have an out and out comedy and absolutely. something a bit sexy too <laughs> absolutely absolutely and glenn powell is um, yeah is a real star and then in terms of i guess moving into the official competition so how does that kind of get narrowed down and, and what, what's that looking like this year so official competition is uh, is very international. Um, it's always a mix of work that we feel is incredibly authored, that is really doing exactly what that filmmaker is is setting out to do and doing it. It's the best possible version of itself. So we've got some really interesting work there this year. Um, Baltimore from Christine Malloy and Joe Lawler, which premiered at Telluride, which um, stars Imogen Poots as a uh, as a an heiress, a British uh, aristocratic heiress who gets caught up in the in the IRA. We've also got Fingernails from Christos Niku, who directed Apples, which has got an amazing, amazing cast, Jesse Buckley, Riz Ahmed. Um, and then we've got things like Europa, got Dear Jesse from Tarsam Singh, uh, Starvaker from Daniel Cocatello, uh, a second feature. Um, he's a British director who did a film called Apostasy a couple of years back, and this is a big, big step up for him it's folk horror with Matt Smith and Morford Clark so yeah it's we, we always would make sure that that program feels absolutely as uh, as textured and international and you know a real a real mix of different directors different voices different different genres and the same for the first feature competition actually a, both in terms of our process around thinking about the sort of the texture and the breadth but it's an incredibly incredibly strong year this year for the first first feature particularly for, for for british debuts maybe this is kind of a impossible question to answer but do you feel like there's anything that's emerging as a theme there's something you know that's coming through in the films that are doing very well or coming through in the competition i'd say i mean we have a lot of a lot of genre work so and, and that's something we can see across the board over the last couple of years is directors being very interested you know whether it's you know some of course are sort of full-on full-on horror and some are just taking some of the sort of beats of horror beats of genre and weaving sort of dramas around around that um we're also i mean you mentioned hitman we also have um you know some some out and out comedies this year which which you don't always see uh you know michelle gondry's film also is a is a is a lovely comedy um so that's really really pleasing to see actually after some of the gloom of the last last couple of years so that's um yeah a real pleasure but you know something that we're seeing uh i don't you're also seeing this at some of the big international festivals but it's an incredibly strong new crop of British 
British talent. So, you know, we've got things like Horde uh, by Luna Carmoon, which is her debut, which premiered in Venice. In Camera, which premiered, is another debut, which premiered in Carla Vivari. Many other titles, you know, both that have been supported through the public funders in the UK, but also that are coming through an entirely independent. So something like Black Dog um, by George Jacks, again, is in the first feature competition. So that's a really, really exciting narrative, particularly particularly for the UK. Mm. Maybe another slightly difficult one but you know how is it facing the fact that the strikes are still on i mean i guess when these festivals first started being planned that wasn't in the equation the red carpets maybe look a bit different but then there can be some kind of silver lining it does feel like it is making a little bit more space in some ways for for filmmakers rather than perhaps so much attention always being being paid to the a-list uh, actors and actresses yeah i mean certainly when we were putting the program together uh the strikes were looming very large <laughs> and you know there were lots of conversations about what you know what form the festival would be able to take place in and i'm sure that was happening at other at other festivals but in the end the strikes haven't affected the lineup you know we were able to still put together the program exactly as we would have as we would have wanted it absolutely you know there won't be as many u.s stars um who come to the festival this year but you know there will be plenty of sort of british stars and international stars and as you say you know we'll be very lucky to have a lot of the directors here and um you know who always speak so so sort of eloquently and engagingly about about their work so absolutely we'll still have the red carpets we may just have slightly fewer fewer people in nice frocks on them although of course i'll be there (laughs) (laughs) in terms of just like you know a few bits about you know things that are happening also kind of around you know not just the films themselves but you know they've got these amazing screen talks with people like Greta Gerwig and Scorsese um, and then there's this kind of like immersive um, art element um, you know what some of the other bits and bobs that might be going on yeah absolutely so there's the there's the sort of the core program that I've that, that I've talked about but we have the screen talk section uh, as you say Scorsese Greta Gerwig Lulu Wang will also be part of that um, Kitty Green then we have uh, a couple of years ago we launched a program, uh, an element of the program called LFF Expanded, which is the XR and immersive immersive exhibition, um, which takes place alongside the festival, which is which is fantastic. We also have a section called LFF for Free, which is a series of talks, panels, screenings quizzes club nights uh which are all free and it's a way to sort of make the festival accessible to an audience who um you know don't necessarily want to buy 50 tickets to things but can sort of dip in and still feel part of feel part of the festival feel part of the buzz part of the conversation so that's really exciting. Our headline event for LFF for free is we're doing a, a, a preview screening of uh, the season two of Marvel's Loki, uh, which should be great fun. There's lots of uh, very excited fans that, are, that will be excited to see that see that early. We also have the shorts program and we have, you know, I think it's often tends to be forgotten because we're a London festival but actually we are all around the country so we have a section of the programme it's about 15 15 titles or so uh, you know across the bigger titles but also from from the thematic strands that tour around the country and play at uh, venues all across all across the amazing and I guess just finally must be so excited the fact that it's on next week but you know when I came came to the the programme launch it just felt like there was such a great feeling in the air like it does feel like we're in a really good place in terms of the cinema 
landscape, but particularly British cinema. Like we're saying, you know, first-time filmmakers, films, you know, just films like Scrapper come out. It just feel like there's so many exciting things going on. Do you feel that that's in the air too this year? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I have to say, I love programme launch day because it's always right at the end of August or just at the beginning of September. And it's just when the air is becoming a little bit sort of crisp and, you know, you can feel the autumn is on its way. So I love that every year. That moment feels like it's, you know, it's the start of festival season. It's the start of autumn. But absolutely. I mean, as I was saying, it's been an amazing couple of years for British work internationally. And, you know, something like Scrapper launched at Sundance earlier this year. It's just, you know, it's done over half a million at the box office in the UK, which is phenomenal for a UK debut. Uh, We've got, you know, something like How to Have Sex, which did incredibly well in Cannes. You know, these titles I just talked about that have done well in Venice and and, and Carlo Vivari and Locarno. So it feels like a really, really exciting time for UK, UK cinema. You know, of course... We're in a landscape and a moment of a lot of change in the industry and who knows how things will look in a couple of years. I think there's a lot of evolution to come, but it feels like a really, really exciting moment for for the talent and the voices that are coming out of the UK. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that with me and really can't wait for the festival to begin next week. And I've been Sarah Bradbury for Fred Film Radio, the Festival Insider. Thanks so much. Thank you. Fred, Fred, Fred. 24-7 on Fred FM and smartphone app.